What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast, the official podcast of MetalNexus.net. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Terry, and with me, as always, is Jonathan Beatty. How are you doing today? It was really nice having you actually uh, getting to do all the heavy lifting, you doing the interview, um, and it was kind of fun, you know. Sometimes with uh, with this show, something that happens over on Discography Discussion just happens to magically align for an interview over here. Yeah, it was kind of fate, because it, there could not have been a better time. I was so familiar with all the material at that point. And uh, because, I mean, I think we did the discography discussion like, what, three or four weeks ago. It really wasn't very long ago. And so whenever it came across the desk that like, hey, you know, board is doing press. Do you want to talk to him? We were like, yeah, absolutely. And John was like, yeah, that's that's all Dan. (laughs) Yeah, it was just one of those things for me where I kept thinking, you know, some people might be like, oh, you guys only talk about to hardcore bands, metalcore bands and somewhat as of recently, some uh, not-so-heavy bands and so forth. But I think, uh, you know, getting a band like Aborted, that's definitely not in my wheelhouse. Um, I know they are a newer band. Uh, I think they came out, what, 99? So I guess they're almost celebrating 20 years now, I guess, at this point. So I guess they're not newer. But in the genre itself, I would say they're one of the newer bands that's kind of at the level that they are worldwide. Considering the the bands that would be considered their peers, they are they are technically a newer band i mean everything that they've really put out other than their first release was after 2000 uh so for this style you know they're they're one of the very few torchbearers of death metal um you know in the 2010s 2019s you know all that um and they they still bring it i I actually part of the reason i sound so terrible on tonight's recording is because i actually went and saw boarded last night uh in indianapolis and uh, it was, you know, it was kind of an intimate show. There's probably about a hundred people there, but uh, they brought it, man, as if they were playing to five thousand people. You know, sing along to every word, did you? <laughs> every single word, yeah. That's how you can tell I have no voice. <laughs> but no, it was definitely a lot of fun getting to getting to do the interview with Stefano, um, who's a relatively newer member of the band, uh, which was actually more interesting to me because, you know, for him. You know, he he's filling in for a band that is massively more popular overseas than they are maybe here in the U.S. But to take on that burden of like, hey, I'm going to join this band and they already have all these albums. So, like, I have to learn all these songs. I mean, maybe they don't have to learn everything. I think I think he even said it's like, well, you have to learn the set list first. Yeah, and 90 minutes. To, yeah. And that's rough. I mean, <clears throat> 90 minutes of an old school death metal or a brutal death metal show. That's that's an endurance round. I mean, with the amount of energy that these guys had, um, one thing that I had mentioned, I brought my co-host Joe with me uh, from discography discussion for the for the show, and I, I couldn't help but mention how, just how energetic they were because, you know, when I went and saw Cannibal Corpse, you know, it's not that they weren't energetic. I mean, they both bands put on a vastly different type of show. Um, but, you know, with Cannibal Corpse, they all just kind of get up there, and it's a big deal because they're such an established act you know, it's here in the United States. So, you know, yeah, Corpse Grinder gets up there and they, they all, you know, they, they circle bang their hair the entire time they're playing. And it's, it's almost like seeing real life death clock. <laughs> Whereas with aborted, it was, it was what we got energy wise was much more akin to what you would get out of a metal core or a death core band, you know, much more crowd interaction. Um, they even did a wall of death at the end of the, at the end of the set, which I was not expecting. Um, at all like i'm standing there with all my merch and stuff like in my hands and he's like all right all the way to the back of the room and i'm just like oh here we go you know <laughs> uh but it was uh it was definitely a lot of fun um 
I, I appreciate death metal vocalists that throw some jokes out there, some one-liners, just make the show a lot of fun. And the amount of the amount of crowd interaction he was able to get out of a hundred people in the middle of Indianapolis was great. You know, like a band that starts off playing clubs in Belgium, and here they are overseas, and they're they're, they're still pulling in new fans today. Um, they, they, they were incredible. Their sound was, was fantastic for where they were. It was kind of weird too. Cause the way the sound was run, they didn't really have any amps out on, uh, were they using on profilers? stage or anything? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which actually led to a, kind of a superior sound mix than what I'm used to. Yep. It's, it's one of those things, I, you know, having been to a lot of shows recently to do, you know, do a lot of these interviews and so forth. Uh, you know, we talked to Hands Like Houses, which is coming out soon enough, but, uh, you know, they're from Australia and they have Kempers. You see everyone pretty much is switching to Kempers or, uh, Axe Effects or something like that because it's just easier to carry those and to not have to carry around different heads, different cabs, different pedals, and to be able to just streamline your set so it's, it's tailor-made, like everything is set almost to a grid. And so at that point, it just, I think, streamlines everything and allows everyone to kind of you know, not have to rely on a sound person because everything has already been pre-mixed and, and ready to go. Well, I thought it was a lot of fun too, that this being the last show on the tour, they pretty much just like went bowling right after the show. <laughs> like Scott bowling walked across. No, no, this was a, a situation where we were in good company and there was bowling, but there was no Scott bowling. Uh-huh. So that, that just needs to be, you know, <laughs> front and center on that. But yeah, no, it was it was definitely cool, very cool, down to earth guys. Um, it was fun talking to Stefano before uh, I got to go to the show to kind of establish that relationship, and uh, we talked about a lot of fun stuff, uh, horror movies, you know, what they're inspired by. Something that, something that I always try to like raise a little bit of death metal awareness with people. You know, they you look at a band like Aborted and you look at their imagery and their artwork and stuff, and it's like you kind of have to like look at it and realize that, dude, we're all just nerds that love '80s horror films. You know, and that's that's how you get these type of extreme visuals and and lyrics and stuff. And, you know, just talking talking to these guys, you know, person to person, you you really get a huge sense of that of like, dude, we're just out here doing fun stuff that we always imagined we could do when we were kids. Right. No, I uh, I kind of enjoyed the chat. It, it kind of meandered a little bit, and I wasn't exactly sure where it was going to go at times. But I think that was kind of the fun thing of, uh, I mean, part of that is a bit, I think, to the to the language barrier a little bit. Because you can kind of tell Stefano was uh, at times trying to find the right word that he's looking for. Yeah, and I don't always ask questions either that are the generic. You know, I mean, I think I threw in like a house the tour going and all that stuff. But me, it's like, no, let's talk about horror movies, you know, or I want to know what it was like coming into an already established band like this. And, but the interesting thing too, is that Stefano not only played bass for aborted at that show, but there was another band on the bill from Italy called hideous divinity. And he played bass for them as well. And they put on, I mean, just as energetic of a set as aborted. It's kind of wondering like how dude was even standing after that first set, much less the second one, which was longer. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like, all right, here you go, and now here's bonus round. <laughs> um, but the community out there was a lot of fun. The venue was cool. Um, there was a bowling alley next door. It was it was a lot of fun, and uh, probably the most fun I've had at a death metal show in a long time. Whereas at a lot of death metal shows, you just have a bunch of bands up there that take themselves way too seriously. And speaking of getting serious, let's get into a dance conversation with Stefano of Aborted, and we'll talk to you afterwards. <laughs>
So here we go. Yeah, let me open up my beer here real quick and get... Yeah, 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 yeah. Take your time. I'm just walking by some very interestingly colorful ducks right here. Oh, so, yeah? <laughs> I think that's a Florida thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's full of ducks. Anyway. Yeah, I haven't been, a, <laughs> I haven't been to Florida in several years, but uh, it's the best place. Uh, oh. It's the best place for metal, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the whole uh, the Tampa scene and, I mean, all those albums recorded, the the Florida death metal scene. I mean, come on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it should be it should be a solid solid show tonight anyway, so everything looks pretty pretty sick. I have the pleasure this evening of speaking with Stefano Francescini from the band Aborted. He plays bass and you've been with the band since uh twenty sixteen, correct? That's very correct. Yeah, I joined them uh summer twenty sixteen, yeah, during the usual European festival run. Okay. So uh, if you don't mind me getting personal, what was that like jumping in, jumping in with an established band like Aborted? Well, that was a uh, that was kind of a dream coming true because uh, I've always been like a fan of the band, and uh, when I got like um, so I posted this YouTube cover like a while ago of the song The Crowded Manifesto, and like a couple of years later I got the you know I got the call from Aborted was like so bringing a finish with the bass player, so looking for a new one. Would you like to? Uh, like join for a few shows and see what's up. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's do this. And after like a couple of shows, they uh, let me join permanently the band. And I was really stoked. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it had to have been a lot of fun. Uh, especially for a band that's been around for, I mean, shoot, what are we coming on, 24 years now? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the band, like officially formed, uh, I think in 1995, 90, uh, yeah, you correct, 24, and the first release, like, 99, so this is also sort of a 20th anniversary since the first album, and it feels very good. I mean, when I joined the guys, and especially Sven, and then they all have, like, a very, like, clear vision of what what it's like to, to be in a band and what it, what it means to, to plan stuff and schedule stuff ahead, and, and so I found myself involved in this very like committed uh team where hot work always pays off and uh the guys were super super nice like since uh since the beginning and everything was super easy and got even better with time so yeah yeah Except for the playing, I wouldn't consider uh, aborted music to be super easy. Uh. <laughs> no, not exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, when I was asked to learn like a ninety-minute set, almost like in a in a few days, I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> but that was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's very fun to play like the the, the songs, both the like old school stuff and the like a uh, new, slightly more technical songs. It's very very fun to play well and that's one thing i noticed going through the discography uh a couple months ago for the other podcast was that uh aborted has this really interesting sound in that it is equally brutal and extreme but also has a really good sense of melody to it um some of the guitar solos and stuff are just very um like yeah, it's, it's yeah, melodic yeah. but it's not like you know kick back and feel good melodic and i guess i'm wondering um and we'll talk you know more specifically on terror vision is that one's that one's actually my favorite after we went through all of it i was like yeah the new album's the best one so oh, <laughs> thank you thank you so much no i i totally i totally agree with uh what you say like because uh you you must definitely play the borders and you know 
uh, as one of the most kind of extreme uh, sounding bands, especially when it comes to drumming, tempo, vocals and that kind of stuff. But uh, we also try and leave a little bit of room for melody. But again, like you said, because you uh, kind of picture it perfectly, uh, not like a very uh, cheap or mainstream melody, but always trying to fit, uh, fit some kind of, you know, like metal, death metal like uh, style. And especially with her vision, like most of the songs are written by Cam Bedini, our drummer. Cause, yeah. Uh, yeah. He also he also plays guitar and pretty well. So I hate that I hate that guy, uh, in a good way. <laughs> so yeah, we were trying. Oh, it's uh, it's uh, it's insane. Anyway, so back to her vision. We you know like we uh, released um, uh, Retrogore uh, like a few years ago, and before that, Necrotic Manifesto. And then, as you can see. Like the the, the um, last two three albums were very like straightforward extreme in a way and already with Retrogore, the guys were trying to like uh, if you take the song Retrogore by itself with the with the middle with with the melodic breakdown trying to explore a different feel but with Television we were like let's try and uh, um, you know go uh, go that direct into that direction a little more. Uh, deeply, and then you get song like uh, songs like Exquisite Communist Drama or like Deep Red, which is a lot kind of catchy, but also like very heavy. So we try we try to combine a lot of uh, a lot of different styles, but we're like okay, uh, we should do this like plan it perfectly because when you write music, you can't really uh, control inspiration and stuff like that. But we definitely had some stuff in mind, and uh, like you said, hopefully. We kind of accomplished that. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's that's what's enjoyable about it for me. And uh, I guess one of the questions I had, and you may have already answered this, but uh, you know, what it, what it, do you kind of go into it with the mindset of like, okay, obviously this is going to be super heavy, but it needs to be melodic and and, and kind of fun too at the same time. How do you balance that? You know, either you just get so heavy that it just turns into a wall of noise or you get so melodic that it like almost stops being metal at some point. Oh no, no, totally. Yeah. Yeah. There were like a, uh, like a few demos were like, uh, maybe not this time. Like, cause you, you pretty much get, get yourself caught in the process of, uh, writing. And, uh, so like, like I said, you don't really, um, like put a break on your, like in inspiration kind of, uh, some writing flow, if you let me call it that way. So definitely a few guidelines uh, beforehand are always helpful because, you know, we always try to have, okay, so this couple of songs should be kind of uh, like cool to play live so people can have bang too. But at the same time, we don't really want to have um, like either uh, too much pressure or like barriers and where we must fit our sound or genre. So we pretty much like let it go. Um, so yeah, like heavy for sure, because I mean, the, the, the band's trademark has always been like that. And since, uh, I mean, the first album, but also with, uh, uh, you know, like engineering the dead or Gormagan. And so like we, we kind of crafted our sound for the years with this uh, grind, death grind, melodic at some times kind of style. So we try to, uh, you know, with her vision, have each single uh, identity of a board at, at once. So you have the heavy, 
you have the uh, like atmospheric 5e part like respiratory decay for example but you also have some melodic stuff and um or grind like straight up grind like a uh, uh somewhere also grima from cytotoxin is doing guest vocals or dover macabre so it's like a mix of everything we try to balance it and definitely with the help of our sound engineer it all sounds very like you know balanced and uh, and unique in its own so we, we try to do stuff differently this time and yeah definitely kind of uh step up the the songwriting game kind of well one of the things i like about aboard too is just the uh the cover artwork on the on each album is i mean when i saw the cover for terror vision i was like oh my god i, I wanted that on my wall you know <laughs> it's just because <laughs> it's just so ridiculous you know in, in a thank good way you. thank you uh, so much no no i get it. it's so colorful because also the like one of the themes like of the album is the, it definitely like a war pun on the on the eighties movie, but like sometimes people are like, "No, oh, is the the album based on the eighties uh, uh, horror B movie?" And that's just like a um, um, very loose uh, reference because the album actually talks about something different. But the band, if you know, if you know the band, like uh, we're we're all pretty much into eighties stuff, so games, horror movies, and have that kind of like artwork reflect this kind of interest um that we have that we all share in the band was uh was the goal and um so i get it when uh when you see when you look at the artwork there's so many colors and you're like oh, yeah i want this as a flag on my wall <laughs> that was pretty much the that was pretty much our goal so thank you for that yeah uh saying it was inspired by 80s stuff you know retro i guess that that was the whole purpose behind the retro gore um oh yeah, yeah absolutely idea. absolutely like yeah, yeah, even the lyrics and the songs. So, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that one, that one was a lot of fun too. Uh, just going through that album, and I, because I remember, uh, I remember saying, you know, on my other podcast that I was just like, yeah, then the album's called Retro Gore, but it doesn't sound retro. Like it sounds new, you know. <laughs> and uh, oh then, yeah, uh, once yeah, I started looking like, at the artwork, I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 it even sounds like you have the title, but also the, the the music and the sound, which is very modern in a way, but still brutal. So yeah, yeah, we try to we try to do that for sure. So, what horror movies from the '80s do you think would be the most complementary to uh, the aborted sound? Uh, so Sven is definitely uh, a big fan of Hellraiser, and uh, I'm am and I'm with him on this. I really love, especially like the first two. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we also like pretty much Reanimator and uh, the old uh, Nightmare franchise. Okay. So like the the, the classics, pretty much slasher movies and um, uh, body horror movies. Uh, so also, for example, like Cronenberg. Uh, we, we really did the Fly. That I mean, the 1986 version. Oh my God, that movie's and, amazing! Uh, yeah. Oh, I I really love Video Drum, for example. So like the whole new flesh, uh, prophecy, transformation of the body. So yeah, that's that's the stuff we we all really love. And anything like spanning from uh, eighty to eighty-nine, that that definitely I think that's definitely the best age for uh, best decade for horror movies for sure. So yeah, those be the titles we really love. Awesome. Yeah, that's uh. 
I've got. I'm looking at my D, at my shelf here. I've got a lot of those movies on VHS still. I won't buy the DVD. <laughs> and well, uh, yeah, the 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 old uh, yeah yeah good old VHS. Yeah, well, that's how you yeah, get back in the day. So that's sick. how you could only see those movies is you'd have to go to a video store. Oh yeah, yeah. You just like you would record it on uh, when they were playing on TV, and you get the like the the MPVHS like the MTVHS ready. So just to to, to record it on uh, on it for sure, or like those bootleg stuff yeah yeah. (laughs) for sure yeah late night cable and and stuff like that um yeah before that (laughs) i think that you know for me and i don't know if this is true for you but that that was definitely my attraction to death metal as a genre was you know a lot of those a lot of those 80s slasher movies and even some of the old video games you know like castlevania and stuff like that oh Um, yeah 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 Yeah, totally uh like the, the way i got into death metal um i'm kind of thankful to my older brothers because uh, they, they they used to have a death metal band, so I grew up in this uh, like uh, music oriented family. When I when I was a kid, I, re- I was already listening to uh, you know like heavy metal, Metallica, Megadeth. So the the uh, the next step will be was kind of facilitated by this like a uh, heavy metal racing process, and mm-hmm. I got into you know like the the classics, the D side or old death. Uh, when I when I was a teenager, Morbid Angel for sure. Like Alters of Madness, probably my my favorite album. Oh yeah. And um, so yeah, that's that's how I got into death metal. But yeah, for sure, like movies uh, definitely help with the transition to like. It's usually like that. And people start with rock, heavy, some lighter stuff, and then uh, so it's easier for them to go through maybe I don't know Slayer, which is faster. That's also what I did, and then finally stepping to uh, death metal and, and get more and more streams they please. But, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think death metal is, um, I mean, obviously death metal has changed. I mean, what do you what do you think about death metal now in, in 2019 versus, you know, some of those old releases like you mentioned, like, you know, like your Scream Bloody Gore and, uh, and oh, Possessed yeah. and Morbid Angel. You know, do you think that that death metal, I mean, I know that's classic, but do you think death metal's gotten better or do you think it kind of just was best uh, back in the late it, 80s, early 90s? It definitely, it definitely got different. And I think also with the with modern age, like a new technology and social media, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of you know, like newer bands. And by newer, I, I don't really necessarily mean underground, but... Uh, it changed from the the golden age, the 1991 90, era, where like any death metal band, both uh, European or American, would uh, release milestones or like you know legendary albums. Uh, it's it, it it got different because now there's um, also a lot more contamination. You have uh, blackened death metal, you have technical death metal, you have straight up brutal, you have uh, lots of uh, uh, different styles of grind you also have deathcore so there's a lot to choose from and to me this is all like pretty good because uh you have uh, a lot of bands to listen to i'm still like a fan of the like classic death metal like like i told you i grew up listening to all others of madness and uh, once upon the cross or like older suffocation uh my my favorite word by them but by the way it's like uh uh, the Despise the Sun EP. I think that's one of the best, like, brewer releases ever. All, all their Cannibal Corpse, I mean, 
even like modern Campbell Groves is sick. So I, I'm still like a fan of that kind of genre. But to me, Death Metal Night is like alive more than ever. Like I said, there's a lot of bands uh, growing, growing, getting bigger, a lot of tours. So I think that's definitely good for the scene. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting, too. Um, I don't know if you've known. I noticed this the other I, a couple of weeks ago. I went and saw Campbell Corpse uh, play, and it was funny to me. How oh, the many... Decibel Tour? No, it was uh, It was probably longer before that. It was. They were with, um, oh, my God, I can't believe I forgot. The, oh, they were with Hate Eternal. Uh, so it was the last tour. They oh did yeah, uh, Armsway, Head Eternal, and Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was actually the last. Uh, like I, it was like literally a couple of days before uh, Pat O'Brien uh, had. Yeah, had his yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was so weird. Cause I saw him and everything. You know, it was all good. They put on a great show and everything. You know, as they yeah. always do. Um, I know that sucks. I didn't read about that two days later. I was like, oh wow, that's you know. Yeah, we all were like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, that's that's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you get some help. You know. Um, oh yeah, totally. I, w- I wish they got like uh, like all the best because uh, uh, with my other band, uh, the Full Sound Tour now, he just even we we got to tour with them on, in Europe, supporting them and Crazy and and all of the Cannibal Course guys are like the the sweetest people I ever met. And like reading the news that um, something like that happened to him, you're like, what the fuck? Like it's it, it's so it's so sad. And like you said, I definitely hope the guys. It all the gets all the help he needs, like both legally and most importantly, I guess emotionally. But yeah, I wish him all the best for sure. Yeah, but uh, what I was saying with them is how I noticed there were so many old—I mean, so many younger people there, like younger metal fans that had never really yeah. listened to <laughs> stuff like Kimball Corpse. And it's just so strange because you know when you look at death metal, I mean, even you know, even even talking about aborted being. 25 years old and cannibal corpse being even older than that death metal is almost like what you would consider classic rock now except for the oh, fact yeah, that yeah. it's so underground that when people hear it now they still see it as this new thing if you like you think of uh first uh morbid angel album is uh as as old as i am scream boy gore is 32 years now so it's definitely it definitely being an age now like spanning three covering three decades and like you said, you see all those younger kids uh, because maybe they're uh, those metalhead uh, sons and daughters that uh, grew up listening to that stuff. So uh, you know how now you know you know you, you see now those uh, dads like those families that bring their their kids to the show. And I think it's a beautiful thing. Uh, so like this just uh, to keep this very brief we we're doing this vip thing and sometimes we have like uh, people that have coming to the meet and greet stuff and bringing their kids and i think that's the, the coolest thing ever like uh you know having you having your dad like uh bring you to a death metal show and be like re- re- um, making him you know like relive all those moments i think that's pretty sick yeah, it's cool, and you know, the best case scenario, the newer generation of kids grow up learning, you know, hearing bands that can actually play. You know, <laughs> is one oh, of the biggest yeah, yeah. things. Um, Absolutely. I got to do something different with my kids, though. Every time I play anything, uh, they just kind of roll their eyes, I'm like Dad's listening to his Halloween music again. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. maybe there's still time, so I, I'm pretty positive they would change. They would change their mind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Um, cool. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how how your uh, Hell Over North America tour is going. I know you guys are in Florida uh, tonight, and uh, it looks like Correct. you're in Florida tonight and tomorrow. Yes, yeah, yeah. We've been uh, so we're playing Florida after finally after a while because uh, it had been forever. Every time the band would announce a, a North American tour, you you would see like all those disappointed fans like, "Why didn't you guys come to Florida?" And they were like, "We would love to, but the writing just didn't uh, like uh, allowed us to do so." So finally, we're here, and the tour is. Uh, I'm honest, like it's it's been a blast so far. It's everything going pretty smooth and all the bands are sick and especially you know we we had this tour in europe which was a hell of a europe tour so we we toured with uh, chris upstein that added like a few weeks before this started and things were going great like most of the european shows were sold out so like okay let's try and bring this to the u.s because i think like fans deserve this and we all enjoyed each other very much. So uh, there we go. We ran the tour, and um, fans have been sick. Like, uh, all shows have been very, very good. Like, all bands have been killing it. Like, even the support that we, we got on uh, uh, on, a, on a few on a few shows on this tour. Like, I can't really complain. It's definitely one of the best tours I'm, uh, I've done so far. So, like, uh, old people, like, old parties involved in the tour are happy so awesome that's a good thing very cool yeah we uh is there any is there any difference that you notice between uh european fans and and uh, american fans oh uh, kind of it's uh it's one of those things that are pretty hard to explain or describe but i've noticed that uh american fans have like uh not more supported than europeans because that wouldn't uh you know like do justice to European fans, but they kind of seem more into it. I, I don't know, like it's maybe just like a first impression kind of thing, but like you you see, like it's kind of in the blood, like uh, that they like to hang a little more with the band and the very it's it's kind of more of a family thing. I don't know, I might be wrong, but that that's how I feel. It was maybe some uh, European fans are equally into the genre, but maybe they don't show it like. You know, like physically speaking, like personally speaking, maybe a little more introvert or shy. I don't know. That's that's what I get. In America, we're pretty loud and emotional. Uh, <laughs> well, well I'm Italian, part. so I I definitely know what that means. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, it's one of those things too. I think it might be that it's almost the novelty of having a boarded, you know, you know, playing in your town. Uh, whereas I would imagine oh, seeing yeah. boarded in Europe is probably a little bit easier. Um, a little bit, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And the, the whole package is full of, I mean, all the bands are uh, non-American because the board is just, like technically from Belgium and the three of the guys in the band are from uh, the United States. Yeah. Benited is French, he is doing it, he's Italian, and Kurtopsi, of course, is Canadian. So to see all of this package coming at once to your state, to your city, definitely would make any fan stoked. So... Yeah, this is probably what uh what I what I get the most, uh, you know, like being in touch with the with the fans. Also, I think like the venue, like the venues um, themselves, kind of make it easier to have this like closer, um, you know, kind of relation with the with the fans, because uh, like European venues are kind of you know like 
some some of them are like maze where you get kind of lost. You have the backstage, this bar, and the, uh, the separate area. Well, the the venues here in the United States are kind of, you know, like there's the stage and then there's the like the, the the floor. And once you're done, you hang out like the, the by the merch corner, the merch booth, and all the fans are there, like wanting to take pictures. And uh, that's definitely one of the coolest moments of the show where you get to like enjoy a little bit your time other than traveling and playing. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. It looks like you guys are going to be in Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, on the twentieth, which is a the twentieth. Yeah, yeah, the, the last show of the tour, right before Easter, if I'm not yeah. wrong. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, <laughs> it looks like uh, that's a Saturday, so I may actually be able to make that. It'll be about a three-hour drive for me, but uh, if I can, I'll oh, for sure come up and oh, say let, hello. Let us let us know. We definitely hook you up for that, and uh, that'd be sick if you can make it. So totally. Well, uh, in kind of wrapping up, um, what do we have coming up after the tours? There are plans for new music. I mean, I know Terravision just came out last year, but uh, any plans for new music or any tours that you're allowed to tell us about? Uh, yes. Uh, so we have this, um, like, European shows. We have a few festivals uh, uh, coming up in the next few, three months. We have Brutal Soul, like, and some other big uh, European festivals and off shows. Uh, we're working on a European tour, uh, which probably will be announced kind of soonish, I expect, but we'll see. And also regarding music, I don't know about like officially releasing stuff, but we're definitely working on something because uh, we we kind of never stop writing. Because when you when you feel like you have something that you might uh, recognize music, you you just like put it there and see and see what's up. You might want to use it as a uh, like a bonus track or an EP or for a future album. So we're definitely working on something. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Very cool. Um, so I guess in wrapping up, where can people find uh, Aborted online? Find out tour dates, all that good stuff. Oh, definitely on, uh, on our Facebook page. So I think it should be facebook.com slash Aborted official, but just you know, look up uh, Abort It on Facebook or Instagram. So we're, we're, we're kind of active on uh, social media, Twitter as well. And uh, uh, I think generally speaking, all the uh, all, uh, metal media outlets out there. But yeah, Facebook, Facebook would be probably the, uh, the most like reliable source of information for all the fans out there that want to know a little more about the band. Very cool. I appreciate you taking the time out before a show to have a chat with me. I, uh, I've been pretty excited about My this pleasure. chat because uh, just after listening to the band's whole discography, I was like, "Oh man, I definitely need to." Uh, <laughs> I definitely have questions, you know. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been it's been a pleasure. Like uh, like I said, I appreciate the the, the interview and the time like you did to talk to us. Um, so all all cool. Really appreciate that. So that was my chat with Stefano, bass player for Aborted. Uh, we had a very fun, nerdy conversation about death metal and horror movies, and uh, I don't regret it, and I want to do it again. Uh, yeah, I it was it was interesting. I we've we've had a lot of international flavor on this uh on this show as of late, as far as some of the interviews we've gotten done, and you know I think it's it's kind of cool. I, I feel like we're kind of hitting this interesting stride of 
getting more diversity as far as what we have on this show. And this episode is more attributed to the fact that, you know, you, this is your wheelhouse. You just did an aborted episode on discography discussion. So if it wasn't for you, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Well, and one thing I wanted to ask specifically with them being an international band and it's kind of a theory that we've been trying to piece together over time. We've asked American bands what it's like to play in Europe versus European bands to come play in America. You know, what is the difference in fan approach? You know, um, and he had a pretty interesting, uh, a pretty interesting answer to that, saying that like maybe it's almost like American audiences are a little bit more like emotional, like and just out in front and willing to just kind of throw themselves out there at you, whereas in Europe there people are a little bit more. Um, I don't think it was shy necessarily, but just a little bit more reserved. Absolutely. Which I think that's just interesting with the culture. Cause like in America, it's like to, to an American, the best thing that you can do is you go to a show, you like the band, you buy their merch, you guys shake hands and you get to say hi to everybody in the band before you leave. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't think of a, a different experience. Like when Dan did this conversation, I was at the Acacia strain, knock loose show. Um, and I was in the van with Brian from Knock Loose, uh, so a nice cramped hot van. And then Vincent and Tom and I from Acacia Strain went over to a coffee shop and had a cup of coffee uh, and did our interview. And then when Dan actually uh, was at the show last night, I drove all the way to Detroit to interview Maddie Mullins from Memphis Mayfire and then drove all the way back home. So Dan and I basically had the exact same experiences but completely different. And I think that's, I think it's really interesting that we've, the differences in uh, what we went through and the processes we kind of went through to, to get some of these interviews. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, especially for me because Aborted is a band that I've kind of more recently become a fan of. Before we did the discography discussion on Aborted, you know, I, I was kind of familiar, but I wasn't like a hardcore fan. And that's the benefit of that show is a lot of the time that gives me an excuse to check out a band like a hundred percent. And, uh, this was definitely the case where I was like, Oh, wow, these guys are great. I actually like them more than some of the other death metal bands we've covered. And so then to just get to immediately get to do the interview and then immediately go to a show, like I couldn't, uh, I, I definitely couldn't have asked for, for a better setup on all that. So to me, four hours was, was nothing, you know, to drive. Yeah. If I hadn't already made a trip to Detroit earlier in the week, I, I would feel the same way, but <laughs> Uh, now, next time I'm not going to schedule a concert trip like right in the middle of a holiday weekend. Yeah, that that definitely took its toll on me. But at one point in the interview, you had talked about how you were cracking open a beer. Uh, speaking of, basically, we had one of our first really nice uh, summer days. It reached uh, up into the 70s today. Um, and as such, uh, after the Emory House show that we had here, someone left a summer shandy. So it felt appropriate to, to crack one open. And uh, it's a line of Google uh, for those that aren't familiar with it. It's, you know, lemony flavored. Uh, it's refreshing. And it's just a good sipping beer, um, especially after, you know, hot day. Drink one. Tastes good. Dan, what are you drinking? Oh, well, right now I'm just trying to get my sinuses under control, so I'm drinking lemon juice and water. So a, a non-alcoholic shandy. Yes, no no, no, uh, no sugar, nothing smooth about it. Just um, it, it burns all the badness out of my nose and throat. Oh, sounds like a perfect drink for the aborted episode. Absolutely. I mean, it's it, it's about as death metal of a drink as you can get. <laughs> besides, besides just like a cup of gore, you know. Slowly and kind of wrapping up. Uh, where can we find the band, Dan? 
Oh, well, you can find these guys pretty much anywhere. You can find them on Facebook under Aborted Official. You can find them on Instagram at Aborted Metal. You can find them on Twitter at also at Aborted Metal. So um, as I frequently say, if you can't find this band, it's your fault. It's true. Because they are all over the place and uh, very good at getting back to you on messages. Um, they've got a really cool merch store set up there uh, on pretty much all their social medias, which is smart. I mean, how many times have you like seen a band that you're like, oh, cool, I wonder where I can get a shirt, and you can't find any merch information like anywhere? <laughs> uh, uh, and in this case, in, you never you haven't experienced that? Not really. <laughs> I listen, maybe I listen to a lot more underground bands. There's a reason why they stay underground. There's probably that. Nobody can buy their shirts, but you know, if you want an aborted shirt, this would be a good place to get one. If you would like to keep up with Metal Nexus, you can find them at metalnexus.net, Metal Nexus on Facebook, Instagram at metal.nexus, and Twitter at metal underscore nexus. Dan, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me on the discography discussion page at discussmetal.com. You can find me on Facebook under Daniel Terry. You can find me on Twitter at discussmetaldan. That's about it. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much on the interwebs. And if you'd like to keep up with all things this podcast, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pod. Go to the YouTube channel. We have some uh, videos coming up soon of these interviews that we've been doing in person. And uh, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at BrutallySpeaking at gmail.com. For the Brutally Speaking podcast, I am John. And I am Dan. We will talk to you all next time.